All right, so let's just get into this quickly. Yeah, I'm going to, I want to do this. Maximizing the opportunities of a new season quickly, I want to speak about the fact that as we set new goals for, this, for the new year, we have to remember four advantages of growing spiritually. Because when we set the goals, there is a tendency for us to lay emphasis, as we shared last week, emphasis on a particular area and so on and so forth. Just let you know that the spiritual part of your goal setting, in other words, the goals you set for yourself, like we discussed last week, spiritually, are so important because they drive every other part. So why is that so? That's what I just wanted us to look at. The four advantages of spiritual growth. Because the goals you're setting for yourself, socially, okay, mentally, you know, um, in the area of your business and career, you know, spiritually, all those goals and physically concerning your health, all those goals you're setting for yourself, all right, I want to just emphasize that there's a very strong advantage to you setting good spiritual goals for yourself. Don't underestimate that. Because spiritual growth confers upon you an advantage that is not easily replicated by any other area of your life. Let's take that again. Spiritual growth confers upon you an advantage or advantages that is not easily replicated in any other area of your life. It confers upon you advantages not easily replicated in any other area of your life. So what are these, some of these advantages? Let's quickly look at, quickly look at four of them. The first thing is peace. Peace, peace. And somebody say, well, I mean, I don't know what is value of that. What does, what does that mean? Let me tell you how this applies to your life and my life in moving forward, particularly in the pursuit of our dreams, our aspirations, our desires, vision. What does peace have to do with that? Peace, in this case, is an internal calmness and assurance that permits clear thinking. Clear thinking. So you and I need to think we need to think clearly to be able to act with confidence. Okay? We need to think clearly. And if you have internal turmoil, you're distressed, you're grieved internally, your internal temperature has risen, there's no peace on the inside of you, you will not have clear thinking. You will have what is called jumbled thinking. Okay? You will have what is called hasty thoughts. You will just act hastily, okay? But when you have internal calmness and assurance, even in the midst of fast-moving, fast-paced circumstances, you have clear thinking, okay? And you're able to make the right decision, all right? And this is in Romans chapter 8, verse 6 to 7. This is what it says. To be carnally minded is death. Now, carnal, dead. I want to spend just a short time as possible on this. Carnal there is not necessarily mean sinful. Carnal does not automatically mean sinful. Sinful is definitely carnal, but carnal is not definitely sinful. Make sense? 
Okay, carnal basically means flesh root or somebody that gives themselves first to, so uh, a good example is somebody that wants to do something, so I need $100 or I need $1,000 to do something. If the first thing I think of is to call David, David, uh, please, I will need uh, $1,000. I just wanted to do this. Da, 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 da. As far as the Bible is concerned, I'm kind of, I'm kind of because I didn't pray about it first. The first person I went to was a human being, flesh and blood like myself. Now, me asking David for $1,000 is not sinful. Okay, it looks like I'm in the wrong church today. All right, don't, don't, worry, don't worry about it. Let's just, go, let's just go on. You're not interested. All right. In, uh, when you uh, just keep growing, you'll find out whether you need it one day or the other. Don't worry. It's okay. So to be spiritually, to spiritual growth also has a second advantage of internal motivation and fortitude. Internal motivation and fortitude. Okay. Uh, what, will you need this internal motivation. You know, Many a times you write good goals for yourself. You know it yourself. I know it. I've done it several times. You write the goals. You get excited when you write them. And many of you have written goals. You've, you write them. You get very excited when you write them. Come January now. Second week of January. Mm, some of us cannot even remember the goals we wrote. <laughs> when somebody asks you, um, what was the goal again? You're like, uh, goal? You can't even remember what you wrote about it. You, life has just taken over. You know, so the internal motivation is not there. The fortitude means that you write the goal, you make an attempt, it looks like it's not working out, but you go ahead and make an attempt again. That fortitude and that internal motivation only comes from the place of, you can only draw on your spirituality to have that. So that's the point I'm trying to make. And the Bible says this, the capacity to rise above transient disappointments and unmet expectations. Okay? If one of your goals this year is to write a professional exam in the area of your career, okay? Say, for example, CPA or this other thing that sounds like a demon called CFA. Yes, it seems to be a very difficult exam. You know, I don't like exams that don't have pass marks. <laughs> you know, that they use the bell curve to just determine who passes it. You know, and I, I did statistics in, in school. I'm very good with mathematics and chemistry, my two best subjects. So I'm familiar with bell curve and everything, but I just don't like it. I just feel that somehow it, I always end up in the wrong side of the bell curve. You know, you, you know, you want to write your personal exam. Some other personal exams, I, I met a young man on Friday was telling me about his, him writing his engineering exams, PH, personal exams. You know, so, some of you want to write different exams. Some of you are writing LSAT. Some of you are writing MCAT to go into medical school. Some of you are writing LSAT to go into law school. Some of you are writing GMAT to go to the US to do your MBA and, and all that. If you write it, you know, in situations, life, life happens. You write it first time, maybe it didn't work out. The motivation, the fortitude to know that that is a transient experience and you can continue and go back again. That fortitude you can only draw mainly from your spiritual life. Are you hearing me? 
Yeah, that's why this spiritual growth thing is important. Proverbs 24 verse 10 tells us, if you faint in the day of adversity, it's not because the adversity is overwhelming or impossible. It's not because the river is uncrossable or this obstacle is insurmountable. It is because, why? Why is it? Your strength is small. So in other words, God is saying from this scripture that if you and I confront an obstacle and you just are unable to cross that barrier, it's not the obstacle that is too difficult. It is your strength or my strength that is too small. In other words, the place to look at is you. That's it. Look at yourself. Look, I'll look at myself and the evaluation never fails. Your strength is small. However, the good news is that the obstacle can never get stronger than the first time you met it. But you can always go stronger. See? How do I increase the strength? How do I increase the strength if it's small? Proverbs 24 verse 10 says, my strength is small. So how do I increase it? Proverbs 24 verse 5. Put it on the screen there. Proverbs 24 verse 5. A wise man is strong. And a man of knowledge, come on now, speak to me. So the way to increase that strength is to acquire knowledge. And this knowledge is talking about here, specifically in this context, is talking of spiritual knowledge, the knowledge of God, the knowledge of the will of God, okay, which you find in scriptures. Okay? So it, if I'm facing a situation and I'm hitting the barrier, it seems it's not moving, instead of me complaining that, this thing is not doable, it's not possible. Because, you see, what is, is a mountain to somebody, you know, is a stepping stone to somebody else. You know, um, maybe some, I don't know, some decades ago, 20-something years ago, $1,000 was, was, was not just an ordinary mountain. <laughs> it was Mount Kilimanjaro put on Mount Everest. For me, you know, it was, I mean, it was, it was, just, I mean, how am I going to get a thousand dollars? It was just crazy, you know. But right now, I say this, I'm not boasting. I'm not boasting, okay? Right now, the truth is that if you call a million dollars, it doesn't move me. You see? The reason why that is so is that it's not that a thousand dollars has lost its value, it's just that I have grown. Okay, I've grown. So your strength is small. Number three, I just want to move quickly. Effective decision making. You will need this for you to make decisions that are effective. Oh, there's nothing as powerful as you've been able to make. And at your age right now, please, friends, listen to me very carefully. I'm speaking to you as a friend, as a loving friend, a caring friend. At your age right now, you are now at the point in the now at the decade of your life right now, where in the next 10, within the next 10 years of your life, I can tell you that 90% of the decisions that you will need to make that will decide whether you'll be happy for the rest of your life or you'll be sad will be made in the next 10 years. 90% of it is in the next 10 years. That's when you're going to decide who to get married to, what specific niche area of your career you want to pursue, what geographical area you want to settle in, 
and so on and so forth. How many children, if you get married, you want to have? So many decisions like that. Those are critical decisions you will not have to go back to. And they decide whether the rest of your life is going to be happy or unhappy. Whether the rest of your life will be spent to try and unravel the decisions you made in these next 10 years. If you got it wrong, whether the rest of your life will be spent trying to unravel it, trying to undo it, trying to solve the problem, trying to live with the pain. That is why anytime you hear something around decision making, you should open your ears clearly because now you're there. Okay, I've had a decade in my life right now where I've, I've had the grace of God and the mercy of God where I've made a lot of decisions. I made a decision, for example, to start pastoring this church. I was 30 years old. 30 years old. Okay, maybe just a little older than some of you that are here. 30 years old. That was it. I left my pharmacy profession. I was in 2002. I was 33 years old. I was 32 years old going into 33. I was not yet 33. I was 32 years old. I was going to turn 33 that year, 2002. When I left my pharmacy profession to become a full-time pastor. Critical decision that if I didn't get it right, I would have been living in pain now. You see, but these are decisions you will make now when you are young. By the time you're at my age, okay, you're still going to be making some decisions, but most of the decisions you're going to be making at that point really are decisions that are secondary decisions. In other words, you're making decisions now based on the primary decisions you have made. Are you following this? Yeah, they're going to be secondary decisions and tertiary decisions. So I've already made a decision to be a full-time pastor. So the decisions I'm going to make now is work out. Thank God for, that it worked out by his mercy and favor. So the decisions I'm going to make right now is going to be a decision built on that primary decision. Okay? I've already made a decision to get married to a woman called Tokwai Diola. So I've, I've made that decision. Okay? Today is 18th. In two days' time, it will be 27 years I made that decision. You understand? So now... Well, I want to make a decision now for us to go on vacation, for us to go on holiday. Those are just secondary, tertiary decisions. Well, I'm going to make a decision now to live in, we're living in Mississauga, then we move to Milton, then we move to Hamilton. All those, if I'm not happy in Hamilton, I can change, carry my bag, and move back to, <laughs> you know, I go to Toronto, or live in Oakville, or live anywhere. Those ones are not life-bending decisions. Okay, they are just secondary tertiary decisions based on the primary decision. If that woman I'm living with was the wrong woman I married, and I guarantee you, I already almost quarter two inches away from, <laughs> from making catastrophic decisions until the message of God rescued me. You know? Now, if I admit that, that would have just been, I would have just been living with the wounds. Some of you know what I'm talking about, not because you've experienced it, but because of your parents. The decisions they made and what they're living with right now. They're basically living with the carcass of the animal they killed. They're dealing with it right now. And some of those decisions are so terrible that they're dealing with it and it's almost like a bone hanging in the throat that for the rest of their life they just have to live with it. Salah. Effective decision making is the, is the decision making that considers both the practical facts and the spiritual truth, leading to superior outcomes. If you don't consider both, 
the outcome will never be superior. It's when we consider the practical facts on the ground and the spiritual truth. In other words, discerning it from God's position. What is God thinking? What is God's mind on the issue? So yes, I see a beautiful girl. I love the, this girl just looks too perfect and too good. Everything she says just makes me want to just go to Wonderland. I just travel in my mind to Wonderland. All right, great. Practical fact. I see this guy. I just love this guy. I mean, the guy is just the guy of guys. <laughs> you know. Every time I see this guy, if I'm my friends that have seen this guy, I'm telling you, they look at this guy and they're just, even the most composed of my lady friends, seeing this guy, their mouth is just open. They lose their composure. That is how much of a guy the guy is a guy. <laughs> but there's a way that seems right to a man. The end thereof. The guy might not be evil, but the guy might not be for you. It's as simple as that. There might, there's something called, there's compatibility. There's someone say, oh, well, we have chemistry. That's right. But there's also called something called destiny. You see, and chemistry and destiny, sometimes they, they run on parallel lines. You might have chemistry and not their destinies might not be compatible. What I'm saying to some of you, saying to you right now, some of you might not fully understand it. Some of you might say, I don't agree, which is all fine. You don't need to agree. Just write it down, please. Write it down. Today is 18th of December, 2022. <laughs> write it down. One you remember that one man that dressed almost like a caricature Christmas mascot <laughs> said something at one point. <laughs> Just write it down. You have to consider spiritual truth. So let's look at this then. 1 Corinthians 2, verse 14, 18, verse 14 to 16 says, the natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God. The natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God. Does not. So, in other words, if you're not spiritual, you will never be able to discern God's perspective on any issue. You won't be able to. If you're not spiritual, you might say, well, my mom is praying for me, my dad is praying for me, you know, and I, I think I prayed also, I think I prayed about it. You know, something as simple as, you're working right now, you're in a job, you're doing what, you're okay in your job, but you feel they change your manager, and this present new manager, kind of like is trying to give you stress. So you're really thinking about, and here you are now on LinkedIn now, you know, they've been, you know, giving you some messages on LinkedIn and telling you that the opportunities, new opportunities are there. You want to jump ship. How do you make such a decision quickly like that? Without kneeling down and praying and asking God to guide you and lead you. One of my daughters, she's in this building right now. She was working, she was working as a business analyst some years back. You know, then while she was working as a business analyst, her boss, the person that employed her, a line manager, manager, had a quarrel with the vice president. And the, the vice president let, the manager, let her manager go. So her manager left. So when her manager left, she was working as a business analyst. The vice president said, you know what, I want to, I don't want to go with the manager, and all of that. I want you to be here, and I'm going to convert your position to full-time position. Now, as at that time, she was working as a contractor. She was making more money 
as a contractor, she will be making more money as a contractor than she will be making as a full-time staff. So when that happened, she said, mm, okay, I'll think about it. She had the presence of mind just to say I'll think about it. But thinking about it that she said to her VP was to come and tell me to think about it. So she came to me and told me, I said, think about it. But she already told me. I said, so I asked, I said, so what are you thinking? She said, of course, what I'm thinking is I'm not going to take it up. I make me money now. So I told her, I said, very good. Very good. I said, so you've considered the facts, and I like the fact that your brain is working. I said, so how old are you? She told me. I said, have you prayed about it? She said, no. I said, okay, take some days and go pray, and I'll pray too, and let's see what we'll come back to. A couple of days later, she came back to me and said, what did you pray? She said, what, what have you, did you receive anything that? I said to her, I said, listen, you tell me what you received first. She said, I still think I should go. I should stay. I should continue with my um, um, contract role. I said, good, sit down. So I sat her down. And I told her, I said, this is what I pick for you. There's a part here that has to do with your destiny. I don't know the full picture, but there's a part that is there for your destiny. Stay on it. Follow the path. It was difficult for her, but she trusted my judgment because, I mean, work together on issues like that. So she agreed. She said, okay, stay with the path. So they made her a director. About six months, one year later, that VP left the job, got another job in the bigger, in the bigger place, bigger budget, and all that stuff. Called her and said, you know what? I've seen the work you've done as a director. I want to have you. Made her a VP in the new place. In two years, she jumped from being a contractor to a VP. Then from being a VP to a celebrated VP. And now, even fired than that. Listen, listen to me. When she became a VP, about two years after she became a VP, you know, she came to me one day and said to me, I just want to say thank you to you. I said, why? She said, I said, it's not Christmas, it's not my birthday, it's not New Year. Why are you saying thank you? She said, don't make this difficult for me. I just want to say thank you. I said, why? She said, you won't believe what has happened. Then she brought out the letter and showed me. Her bonus, what they're giving her as bonus, Stock options, uh, stock options, yeah, bonus, stock grants, and all of that they put together, give it that. It's more than what she was earning as a contractor. This was not a regular income. So she said, I just want to say thank you to you. You see, you need to not just consider the physical facts and just jump. You need to also, another daughter of mine came to me one time. She was having some challenges in her place of work. So she said to me, she said, you know, I'm having these challenges. I said, um, can you print out some of the emails they've given you at work? Let me see. So I read the first email. I said, all right, good. I said, can you print out another email that is subsequent to this one? She did. She printed it out. I looked at it. Both emails were not really looking good. So I, I, I said, let me just, I thought about it. I prayed about it. I called her. I said, you know what? Start looking for a job. Start praying about another job, which she did. She took it seriously. She was saying, no, but you know, on the old job, I said, I know, but just start looking for another job. So she started looking for another job, started looking for another job, prayed. Once she got another job like this, she was going to her manager to tell her manager, ask Televista. Meanwhile, the manager had already prepared to tell her, your job is over. The manager was completely caught on her ways. 
You see, that's what happens when you don't just consider the physical facts. Some of you are in a situation right now whereby the way you are processing the information, you are processing it, you have only one small, minute, micro, you know, micro angle view to it. Somebody else now can look at this place now, from my point of view right now, and tell you, standing here, that there are only two doors I can, that lead out of this sanctuary. I'm telling you there are only two doors. There are no other doors. The person is not wrong. He's only seen two doors, but that's from their point of view. But God doesn't just see this way. God sees holistically. Are you with me? There's no past, present, and future with God. God is in eternity. God sees everything at once. So he can tell you that what you're doing right now, no, 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 no. It's not going to work for you in your future in the next 15, 20 years. So as a result of that, I won't let you do it. So be very careful. That's why you need not just to be natural, man. you need to be able to be in the position to be spiritually discerned. He who is spiritual judges all things. The word judge there means to decide. So you have to be spiritual to be able to make decisions on every area, not just spiritual areas. Judges all things, all, all things, all things. Judges all things. So the word judge there, remember, is to make what? To make decisions. So makes decisions on all things, but the condition is that it is the person who is Spiritual. So your spiritual goal is very important. Let me close. Guaranteed results. When you engage in spiritual growth, you have guaranteed results. So I'm coming down there. You can get this to practicals. Okay? You have guaranteed results. The ability to deploy the power of God, the grace of God, the favor of God, the wisdom of God. Okay? to get results that are completely guaranteed. Thank you. Okay? To create situations. In Luke chapter 5, verse 5 to 6, Simon answered Peter, Jesus, and said, I've told all night I didn't catch anything. Nevertheless, at your word, the word of God is spiritual. I will let down, and when he did, he caught a great number of fish. Your spiritual life will drive every area and give you what is called guaranteed results. There, is, there are huge, I just wanted to highlight this for, for you. There are huge advantages, friends, to growing spiritually. So if you set your goals, that's great. Just note this. Whatever you've written down there is what is called first draft. Okay? That's, that's what? Ah, just the first draft. Yeah, it's not the final draft. It's just the first draft. It's still work in progress. So some of you still have to go back and, you know, work on it. So if you're going to go back now to work on it, the first place I want you to focus on first is the spiritual, your spiritual goals. Let it be a bit stretching for you. Don't put the goals in such a way that, not to, I mean, of course, you know about smart goals. I don't want to teach you that. You already know better than me on that. Don't, you know, don't put something that is just so easy. Uh, my goals for the 2023, I don't want to do anything that will make, make me feel guilty. So I'll pray five minutes every day. You know, obviously, you'll be able to do that because you can even do that, you know, when you jump into your car, you're going to work, or you're walking to classes in school, 
you know, Father, in the name of Jesus, just help me as I'm going. This is a new year. Whatever you want to do, just do this year in Jesus' name. And you get into your class. You know, you can do that. Five minutes is okay. But do you, just five minutes really going to really make you spiritual? You know that it's not going to be enough. Are you following? It's not going to be enough. You need to be exposed. You need to have a longer exposure to the spirit of God to make you spiritual. Okay? You know, you need, you need a bit of a longer exposure. That, what I mean by that is that a longer time of your devotional life. So that includes worship, prayer, Bible reading, a longer exposure. I would suggest to you 30 minutes minimum. I would suggest 30 minutes. Now, this 30 minutes doesn't have to be, someone says, oh, pastor, you don't even know how busy I am. I'm really intercontinental. Praise God. Thank God for you. That's exactly what we want here. We want to raise global leaders. I'm now helping you to be intergalicia. You know, just go to another planet entirely. So you need min- minimum of 30, 30 minutes. If you can get 30 minutes to be contiguous, you know, in one session like that, you can break it down to 15 minutes, 15 minutes, if that's going to help you. Like if you're sitting on an exam and it's going to be tough, just 15 minutes, 15 minutes, that's okay. Don't feel guilty. 15 minutes there, 15 minutes, just do it. But I was, because you need a bit of exposure to the world, exposure in the place of worship, for the Spirit of God to rub with you, okay, for you to start getting into the mode of spirituality. Make sense, everybody? So what you have there is first, not final draft. Okay? So then let's get into practicals. I don't want to put anybody on the spot. What you've written there, please understand, is private. Private and personal to you. Private and what? And personal. You are under no obligation to show it to anybody, including your twin brother or twin sister. All right. But if you feel, if you feel for some reason that you might need one or two inputs, um, so I wrap up now. I'm going to pray over this first draft for you. And as I wrap up now, the next Ignite Church Stand Alone service, because next Sunday is Christmas Day service, which I'm inviting everyone of you to please be there. Christmas Day service, okay? Carol service on Friday, Christmas Day service here. I promised them Christmas Day service is going to be short. You know, going to be short service. Um, I have only two assignments on that day. Bring Christmas greeting, and I really want to take a lot of photographs. You know, the decor there is there. I love that decor. Don't you like it? So, okay, so they're going to have a photo booth. I want to take photographs as many people are. If you think I'm not going to spoil your Instagram page, and you're not going to, I'm not going to reduce your social rating when the city, who's this man? What's that, what's that guy? What's that guy doing on your page? Okay, if it's not going to be like, I'm not going to embarrass you on your page, on your collection of photographs, even if it's on your phone, you can put some phone and just hide it. Anyway, I would like to take photographs. Everybody that can take photographs with me on that Christmas day. Okay, but these things are good for memories. You know, there's some photographs I look at it and think, wow, really? You know, I was telling young, young guy there, there was a, there's a, the president of a university in South Africa, you know, my, myself and him, he was my quiz partner. We used to run, we used to represent our schools to do quiz together. Now he's the president of a university. 
in South Africa. So we used to do quiz together. <laughs> so when I was telling a, a, a friend of mine, I said, you know, I, I said, you know, this guy is my quiz partner, you know, he's my guy. He looked at me almost like, <laughs> like, okay, I know you're a pastor, you won't lie, but seriously, like, this guy, like, like, this guy's like, God is, did this PhD, did some courses in Harvard, like, you're saying this guy, both of you are. So, okay, no problem. <laughs> Photographs don't lie. So, when I showed him the photograph of the guy, I could just see the skepticism. He didn't tell me anything, I could just see the skepticism. When I brought out the photograph of the guy on my phone, I showed him, I said, Listen, when we were young, look at how small he was. Can you predict that this fellow person will be? <laughs> then he started laughing. See, this is the way life is. All right? It's just the way life is. So I would like to take photographs with you and, of course, open heavens. And on January 8th, we have Senate. It's a joint service. So the, next, the first standalone Ignatius service is going to be January. Come on. Thank you. Thank you. January 15th. All right. So it's going to be January 15th. <laughs> so it's going, to be, it's going to be January 15th. And um, at that point, it's okay. We're already two weeks into the year. I'm still okay to look at it. If you still want me to look at it, some of you that are coming in, again, maybe you don't have it today. It's okay, don't feel under condemnation. It's all right. It's all right. That's why it's first semester, second semester. <laughs> you know, that's why you have all of that. In between first semester, after second semester, before you get to the next semester, there's also another semester. Is that right? Uh, you take it as many times as possible. It doesn't matter. You come again, you bring another draft. We'll take a look at it again. It's all right. We're all here. But 2023 has to be a better year for you. Yes. You have to have achievements that will outpace your parents. Yes. Okay, I'm getting some energy from this side. I like this side. Yes. No matter the level your parents achieved, no matter how great your parents are, your level of success and achievement will outpace them in Jesus' name. Yes. Your parents might be giants. You climb on their shoulders, thank God for them. You climb on their shoulders, you will reach greater heights in Jesus' name. Let me say this to you because it's very biblical. Where the hands of your parents will not reach, your hands will go further than that. Levels your parents never achieved. Things that were aspirations, aspirational dreams for your parents, but they could not reach, you will go beyond it in Jesus' name. You will go beyond it in Jesus' mighty name. As at this moment today, as I'm standing to, standing and speaking to you today, your biggest aspirations in life, that if someone should ask you and say, what is your biggest aspiration? That is your biggest aspiration, and right now you don't see how that can even be. I'm praying for you today, that by the hand of God upon your life, you will exceed such expectations. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Every skeptic, every person that has ever been skeptical about your ability in life, be it a teacher, be it an uncle, an aunt, a brother, a sister, even unfortunately sometimes a parent that have been skeptical about your ability. Some of them have verbalized it in words, some of them have shown it in their body language and disposition. I pray for you today in the name of Jesus that is above every name. 
When Samuel came into the house of Jesse and asked Jesse, where are your sons? He brought out seven of the best, well-refined sons of his and left the eighth one with the sheep in the wilderness. His father, Jesse, the father of David, despised his ability, never thought he would amount to anything. But Samuel told him, we will not sit down until you bring him. This is in First Samuel chapter 16. We will not sit down until we bring him. I'm praying for you today. The abilities that are already in you, that people have been skeptical about, I pray in the name of Jesus, they will make room for you. The gift of a man makes room for him. I pray they will make room for you. If there are two words that will describe 2023 for you, it will be open doors. In your careers, in your businesses, in your relationships, God will open doors for you. In this nation of Canada, God will open doors for you. Doors will open for you. Progress with dignity. Progress with dignity. Dignified achievements. That will be your portion in 2023. The favor of God, listen to, carefully to me. The favor of God that deposits talents and innate gifts in the man, man, woman, in the man and in a woman. Gifts that will take them to future, to the future ordained by God. I decree that favor comes upon you today. The favor of God that forbids the hands of people to be empty. He says, and I will give these people favor in the sight of the Egyptians. And when they go, they will not go empty-handed. The favor of God that forbids failure, forbids emptiness, forbids it. I pray for you this last Sunday of Ignite Church in 2022. May that favor come upon you in Jesus' name. In the name of the God that showed up to Solomon one day in First Samuel chapter three, First Kings chapter three, and said, "Ask me what you want." Ah! And Solomon wrote down his dreams and said, "Lord, this is what I want. You've made me king. Uh, my dream, my most important thing I want right now is just give me wisdom so that I can just lead these people effectively." And God said, "That's the dream you've written. No problem." The only thing is that I have my characteristic nature is that I do exceedingly abundantly far above that which anybody will ask or think. So God said, I'll give you that wisdom. Far above what any human being has ever known. And the things you didn't even ask, God said, I will add it to it. I will add riches. I will add long life. I will add peace. I pray for you now. You have written some things. Take those things you've written. Hold it in your hands. Lift it before God. You've written some things now. The God that showed up to Solomon, I pray it will exceed everything you have written here in Jesus' name. Everything you have written here today, in line with the will of God, it will be exceeded by the power of God. The wisdom of God. Some of you have written some things there that you've written it there, but you just... You just Lord, you yourself, you know I'm writing this one in faith. I'm just writing this one in faith because follow, just following the simple instruction. I don't know how this is going to go about, but I'm just writing it in faith. I pray for you today. The God that made a way for the children of Israel through the Red Sea. 
it will make a way for that goal you've written. That thing that looks impossible that you've written down there, God, it will make a way for you. He said, be, do not remember the former things or consider the things of old, for behold, I will do a new thing. I will even make a way in the wilderness for you. God, it will make a way for you. Huh? The one that lifts the poor from the dust and the needy from the hardship to place them among the princes of his people. The God that took an orphan called Hadassah, known as Esther, and put her in a position of powerful influence over Israel. I'm speaking right now. I can sense this grace now for, for enthronement right now. I sense that grace coming up now right now. I pray for you today. Grace that will enthrone you. Concerning your destiny. I pray for you. Now let it come upon you in Jesus' name. The present premier of Ontario, Doug Ford, I remember the day he came to House of Praise when he was contesting for the primaries of the progressive conservatives, the Ontario PC party. Just the primaries. He was contesting and it looked completely impossible. And he showed up in House of Praise, you know, he wanted us to introduce him to the church and he was going to talk about it. And he came, I gave him my microphone, he spoke. When I woke up that morning, I was coming to church, God spoke to me and said, there's an anointing for enthronement. And I took him, I told the church, I said, there's an anointing for enthronement today. I'm going to pray for him. And I did. Against all odds, he won the primaries. And of course, he devastated Kathleen Wynne's liberals and won the election. I pray for you today. I sense that same grace, that same anointing for enthronement. Whatever role you need to play, whatever throne you need to sit on, whatever position you need to be in for the fulfillment of your destiny, I pray in this 2003, you will sit on that throne. 